and a huge welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. It's a huge week, isn't it? An exciting week. The start of the Women's Six Nations. Yeah, it's finally here, straight off the back of the men's tournament in its own individual window. And off the back of a World Cup cycle, of course. A really, really exciting time. Lots of fresh faces in coaching boxes, in the playing squads. Turning over a new chapter, new cycle going into 2025. So here are the details for you then. Saturday, quarter past two, Wales against Ireland. 4.45, England against Scotland. And on Sunday, four o'clock, Italy against France. Viewing details for that in the UK. It's BBC Two for the England games. Wales, BBC Wales, funnily enough. BBC Scotland for the Scotland games. Rest of the games, iPlayer for those, as I say, in the UK. It's on Sky New Zealand, France TV in in France, funnily enough. Supersport in South Africa, Design in Canada, Flow Sports in the US, uh, and as I say, Northern Ireland picking it up as well. And the Six Nations website for all of the broadcast details. So a huge week, big old bumper pod for you as well. We speak to three of the captains of the Six Nations. We had to speak to Sarah Hunter, as it turned out, her final ever game. So yeah, we've got Sunter on the pod. Hannah Jones, the Wales captain, uh, of course, newly appointed. And Rachel Malcolm, the Scotland captain, is joining us as well. And from Italy, Giada Franco. Well, we couldn't start anywhere else this week, but with England and their captain, the record-breaking, the wonderful human being that is Sarah Hunter, MBE. Here she is ahead of her final ever game of rugby. Sarah, thank you very much for joining us. Six Nations, days away now. Literally days away, your last six days. We'll get into that in a moment or two. But just to start with, obviously the last game that majority of the squad played, that the Red Roses played, was, was in New Zealand at World Cup final. We talk about transition from defence to offence in, in rugby. How how you have, have you and the likes of Sam Middleton, whatever, done that transition from losing World Cup final to starting a new chapter as Six Nations? I think... Um what we've spoken about it first and foremost, which I think you have to do. We had a a day at a couple of days at Twickenham in February, early February, where we had a bit of a World Cup debrief. Players had done some feedback, staff had done some feedback and we just fed that in so we shared the areas that we can get better on and where we may have like fallen down a little bit at the World Cup and and how that was going to be the start of where we wanted to to move this next part of the journey to 2025, starting with the Six Nations. And obviously with, with injuries, with changes, it, it, it's not going to happen overnight. And I think there's a, there's a real um, openness about that, is that we, we've got a lot of new faces. Um, there's a lot of sort of senior players um, that are not available through injuries. Um, some of us that are stepping aside. Um, but I think it's a really good opportunity to start to embed some of the things where we need to move forward with and then like start on that, that next next journey as they move forward to 2025. So yes, there's very much a, a performance outlook and having the standards we've always had, but balanced with 
this an opportunity to, to try new things and to try and develop the game and evolve ourselves. It's a natural turning of the page, isn't it, yeah. post-World post Cup? Um, so you talk about that squad and the fresh faces, something like... We're just going through it with the earlier it's like 15 injuries, um, huge amounts in the sort of leadership group, more, more experience. So talk us through a couple of the new faces um, that have been ripping it up at training. Well, Mackenzie Carson's one of them. Um, I, she's been doing it in the league, you know. She, she's been really unfortunate, I think, with with injuries. So I don't think she's ever had like consistent run of games, whereas this this season she she seems to have to have done that and she's shone in the league and since coming in at training like you'll be like oh someone's made a line break or oh, who's that it's Mackenzie someone's been absolutely smashed who's that Mackenzie like and that's not taken away from her nailing her her bread and butter which is a scrummaging and her her line out bit as well so so yeah she she's really been and she's just a great character she brings great energy um so she's really been a a, a, a welcome addition up at Kingston Park, uh, and Franklin's goal. It's just a wider question on that. Um, how important is it for the Red Roses? Do you, do you think to to travel around to to spread the gospel? I think it's huge. You know, I think ever since they took us out of London, what, back in maybe twenty eighteen, I think we went up to Doncaster first. Yep, Doncaster first. And yeah. we, we, I mean, we sold four thousand, five thousand tickets. We're like, oh my god, isn't this amazing? Like, and I think because it was a smaller venue, the atmosphere was incredible. And then you go, well, I think we went to Sandy Park and all we, suddenly we've got 10,000. And I think then you just generate like a new audience and then you go somewhere else. Like we've obviously been to Leicester and Gloucester and Northampton and you just, people start to then travel. People start to be the fan base. Tickets are more accessible. They're, they're not expensive. People can actually go and go and see us play, whereas it's really hard to get hold of tickets to go and watch the, the men play at Twickenham and there they are obviously quite pricey so I think we're affordable and I think it's just generated like real interest around the country and I think it's we've seen the success of it was in France and I think having done that in England is is, has been a really like like good move for us so the first time I've a Kingston Park sell out of course of uh, (laughs) of course is one stand just hunters yeah, no, I don't know that many people, I don't think. <laughs> there are a lot of people coming. Um, obviously, all my family, like, friends I went to school with, friends I went to uni with, friends I played rugby up there, old coaches, old teachers, family friend, like, you know, you name it, and people people are there. It's it's crazy. I think everybody in the crowd are going to feel they, they know you, that's the kind of person that you are. But just, just how important is it to, to the North East? Oh, it's huge. You know, um, women's rugby in the North East is, is massive. Um, it, it's, it's thriving. It's got so many great players coming out of, out of, out of that area that showcasing like, the pinnacle of the Red Roses there. Hopefully it can just really continue to inspire and like generate that that momentum of of what great rugby's going on up there. So Scotland, do you know a couple of people in there? They're back row? <laughs> How weird is that? I was referring to Rachel Macker, who you you know very well. Uh, a lot of time at a club together. Um, is that weird when you're she's picking up the ball? You go, I'm sorry, I've just got a smash. Yeah, no, I think I think we've done it for a few years now, and I think it's it's that mentality you have with like rugby in general you you always mates with someone from another team and you'll you'll chat to them before you go into the the ground and then it's like right 
in game mode you go head to toe with each other and then actually you chat to them as mates after the end and I think that's the great thing about about rugby I mean we go we have to train against each other at training anyway you know so it's it's nothing that we haven't done before but it's do you know what I obviously got my first calf against Scotland and I'm getting my last calf against Scotland and it's nice that I'm I told Rachel um before the press announcement because I just thought I didn't want her to find out um, via that, like I've got so much respect for her as a as a captain, as a as a player, but more importantly as a person and, and a friend. So, um, so yeah, I rang her and it was just that realization that we won't get to play together anymore. And I really enjoy playing with Rachel at club, but like to know that you're you're finishing playing against players that are your friends is is, is probably the next best thing. I'm going to ask you in a second what, what, what's next, but if you wanted to go into politics, because over the God knows how many years <laughs> I've spoken to you, every single question, you managed to turn it around and talk about somebody else <laughs> rather than yourself. Uh, and I can't, I can't give any greater sort of compliment, compliment to you. Scotland have been at the, the back end of uh, a pretty rough ride last 18 months. Um, they've been on the wrong end of, of, of results, mainly seven-pointers. Um, pretty settled side really um, we spoke about your injuries uh, as England how, how big a threat are Scotland yeah they are you know you you look at the calibre of player that they've got and they've just been unfortunate you know a lot of their games have like you say been down to fine margins and in the, the last moments of games you know so they're, they're they're like so close and it's just it's changing that momentum from being able to, to see out a game or to come back in a game which you know, it only takes one opportunity to happen, and then that that changes the whole momentum and and shift of things. And and I've got no doubt, Scotland. Like we know a lot of them, we know like how tough it has been for them at times. But see, they've got new contracts. Well, full, well, they've got contracts full time now. Anyway, that obviously has like lifted them. They've got a new forwards coach. They've got a new uh, attack backs coach. So they they've got new energy going into that, as well as like. The new fact that they they don't have to work full time, they don't have to like try and manage everything. So I think they will be a very very different threat, and we've got to be respectful of that. They've got very good players, and we need to make sure that we we don't over overlook that. Presumably, England it's evolution rather than revolution. What are England going to look like? The Red Roses. What was the what are the picture you you want to paint uh, of the Red Roses style? Yeah, I think I think we. What we what we don't want to do is throw away our strengths. So like everyone, we've obviously got a very strong set piece, especially around more. Like we've we've got to we've got to have that as the cornerstone of of what we're about and what we do when we need it. But it's not saying we have to be reliant on that. So I think you'll see like we want to be more ambitious with our attack. You still need a good line out to play off and create a platform to play. You know, we 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 want to probably see the ball in hand a little bit more like probably an increased tempo of a, of a game you know we, we really want to go out and go out and attack and I, I think hopefully that's where we're pushing to will we see a perfect game on Saturday against Scotland probably not but if we start to see like inroads to that then I think that's a really positive start for us to, to continue to, to build on uh, I just want to just look ahead to, to France 40,000 plus Sold. Uh, we were talking earlier about even back in 2018 going to Doncaster. Um, 
eleven and a half thousand percent increase, apparently, uh, in people coming to watch your games. How good it was it been to witness that firsthand? It's been brilliant. You know, I, I think back to when I got my first cap and I like played in front of two hundred people if that at Old, Bal- Old Albanians Rugby Club, which is an amazing rugby club, but it's not a venue for an international Isha. game. Yeah, or Isha. Isha. Again, Bless. great, great, great rugby clubs in their own right. So to see this and to, to think that, you know, it's going to be plus 40,000 by the time we get to it, which is absolutely incredible. And like, we've got to be, that That has to be the norm. Like, it can't just be a one-off and then next year be like, oh, we're, we're back, to, back to square one again. And I think... The really exciting thing, I genuinely think it's only going to get bigger and better as we progress to a home World Cup. Like, I just don't see it being any other way. You're like, you look, we sold out Kingston Park like two weeks before the game kicks off. Like, I know Northampton's selling really, really well from the intel that I have uh, down there, which again is amazing. And then you look at the Twickenham game and it's like, wow, this is off the back of a World Cup that we didn't even win. Let's get personal for a moment. <laughs> what are you going to miss the most? What? Uh, the people. Like, without a shadow of a doubt, it's the, the, the people that make the journey really special. Like, it's unbelievably proud to, like, pull on a white shirt and run out, and that will be really special. But I guess it's the people that you do it with, the people you share the memories with when, when you go in, when you go out and you win games or actually they're pulling you through or you're sharing those special moments within games. Like... That's what I think. I think I'll look back and, and really miss. Have you planned your last words before the team goes out on the on the field? Have you ever planned it? Nah. Just I mean, you've done comes. it a couple of times. Yeah, just you've got a bit of experience. Yeah, just see what 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 comes off. Um, like, see what what happens. Like, obviously, I've got my co-captain and Marley, so we'll, we'll and I'm rooming with her this week, which is really nice. So. Uh, we'll get our heads together and we'll come up with a plan of, of how we're going to approach making sure we get the girls in the, the right place. It's, look, sat, Saturday isn't isn't about me. Saturday is about this team getting on the the road again and 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 learning about. I keep saying we. I mean we for this one game. Uh, we're at and like it's it can always be we for you. Got, yeah, it's got to be. We've got to get that that right like we can't we can't afford to slip up by detracting by the outside noise that's going on well it, it yeah uh, there is quite a large part of it is right <laughs> you, and, and quite rightly so post game what are you hoping it's gonna be a big celebration just sitting in, in a change room have a quiet beer not even gone that far to to look at Look ahead. Yeah, I haven't really thought. Like, there's nothing planned from my side of things. I'm like, well, just see what happens. Go with the flow. Go out the tour. Yeah, pretty, pretty laid back and chilled out about it. Like, I would, I'd like to have. There's, there's obviously people going that I'd like to go and see and like have a beer with maybe after the game. Um, my old coach has just texted me saying, "Oh, I see you've, you've snuck yourself into starting 15 one last time." <laughs> It's like I'll be there watching with a beer, and I'm like I'll be there after with a beer with you. So just things like that. I think that that's what I'm looking forward to. Like like saying thank you to the people that have come to to watch me in that game, but have been there like throughout my whole career. That that's the bit I'm looking forward to sharing that moment with them.
Well, I'm glad you, you, you finished up, and we will finish up with, with the word thank you, because I think everybody in that stadium and lots of hundreds of thousands, not millions of people around the world, uh, would like to thank you for your, your career. And I hope the Saturday does that justice, because uh, you've been a fantastic servant. But we'll see you soon and enjoy every second. Thank you. Of course, England taking on Scotland 4.45 on Saturday up at Kingston Park. Sellout up at the home of the Newcastle Falcons. And of course, Sarah Hunter's teammate at Loughborough Lightning, ladies coaches and coaches and plays alongside Rachel Malcolm, is the Scotland captain. New contracts for Scotland. I caught up with the doctor at the last week's Six Nations launch. Delighted to be joined by the doctor of the Six Nations, Scotland captain. Hello, Johnny. Delighted to be here. How was your day? How was your day? How many selfies have you taken? Too many how selfies. Many, how many biscuit questions have you had? Uh, do you know what? Biscuits haven't been addressed. Oh. Uh, quite serious questions today, actually. Really? A lot of actually who's worst roommate, best roommate, rugby ick, those kind of vibe in the non serious domain. But generally, quite serious day. But lots of pictures. Six days is just around the corner. Uh, we love speaking to you, as as you know. Um, seven uncapped players in the squad. Yep. A couple of new names in there. Who should we be looking out for? Um, I think, God, loads of them. Um, they're really exciting. How exciting? Yeah, they're really exciting. Um, a number of them have come through our Thistles programme, uh, which has been really successful in terms of, obviously, first kind of pilot year. Um, but... The coaches, the girls have all spoken so highly of, of the level of the competition and the support and the programme and, and everything they experienced. So a couple through there would be Emma Turner and Erin Foley, um, two kind of back row, second rows, um, who look really good um, in training. And then there's a number of players who have been in and around the squad but probably not had as many opportunities as they'd have liked over the last couple of years, who are really putting their hands up at the minute. So Meryl Smith, who's a kind of 10-12, really exciting player, kind of different to the style of play that we traditionally have had in 10 and 12. Um, so where she plays might influence how we play as well. Um, but she's looking really good. Um, also, gosh, Evie Gallagher, who's coming back from injury, really exciting one to watch. She's training incredibly well clearly chomping at the bit having missed the World Cup through injury yeah. um, I think she's going to be I think she's going to be a pretty unstoppable force of Six Nations um, so yeah those are a couple of the, the ones that jumped to mind Does it I mean look, we're post World Cup that turning over the page is an obvious one I'm sure people have spoken about it today starting a new chapter whatever but you've got some pretty serious injuries to some fairly key players as well Jake Uncle Roberts uh, Jenny Maxwell's not available Sarah Bonner's smashed the collarbone into a thousand pieces. Um, but did that feed into a narrative of opening a new chapter and opening some opportunities for some players that are you know, on, on those fringes you're talking about? Yeah, don't get me wrong. If I could have those players in my squad, I'd have them in a heartbeat. Um, but like you say, it always happens um, in that it's very rare you go into Six Nations with everyone fully fit. Unfortunately, couple of our most experienced are, are who are missing out at least at the start of the tournament um, but what I would say is I think you know our younger players have had to step up in training so I think that's nece- that's probably prepared them for the challenge slightly better than if say they get thrown in week two because of an injury in week one that kind of scenario so I think having 
that knowledge before we go in as annoying, annoying is the wrong word, sad, frustrating for them as it is, um, not to have those players who have been phenomenal for Scotland for, for so many years now. It's meant that we've trained with a squad who, who are fit to play and, and are ready to go. And I think, you know, our young players have definitely stepped up. And like I said before, I can't express the kind of difference I've seen in those girls that have been leading the way in the Celtic Cup in terms of the thistles. You can see, having had that leadership experience there, they're a lot more confident in our environment now. New tech coach. Yes. Chris Law, what's he bringing to the party? Energy, enthusiasm excitement um he likes to to move the ball a lot more than what we probably have done in the last couple of years um he's brought some cool ideas that have really kind of got the whole squad to buy in really quickly um so i'm excited really like really excited about our attack at the minute i think i think naturally with you know we want to change the way we're playing so we're going to make mistakes um i don't think we, we were going to shy away from that but i think we're going to be a more dangerous team hopefully going to challenge defences a little bit more and get more points on the board. Finally, uh, well, no, last couple, because I know it's been an incredibly long day for you and I appreciate your time. Um, was that the kind of missing piece? Because we can go through a lot, a lot of games and Joe Lindicrat just, just walked past. Um, those games, <laughs> yeah, you know where I'm going. Those games you just lost. Yes. It, it, you identified that with Brian Eason, your coach, and just said, you know, our attack just needs to come on at another level. And that's all, is that why Chris, Chris has come in? Yeah, I think so. I think um, we needed another coach, I think, just to yep. spread the load a little bit. Um, but I think a fresh head, fresh ideas was it needed and I think this was the right time for it because it is a new era you know we for however long we've talked about that World Cup we've got through it we performed well we didn't perform as well as we could have um we're disappointed with the results not just there but of last year as well and I think yes I think attack wise you know that is what we need to improve on to make our team a team which is on the right side of those narrow results rather than on the wrong side of them because our defense is our strength or it has been, hopefully it still is, it has been for the last two seasons. Um, you know, at the World Cup, we defended really well. Uh, we kept teams out for long periods, but we just didn't capitalise on the pressure that we had. I don't think Martin Hag will let you slip on there. We we're all going to talk about Martin, because, um, so just one last question. Um, Kingston Park, England, tough start, isn't it? Nah, walk in the park, that. <laughs> just down the road, all the fans can make it. Yeah. Sarah Hunter at home. Yeah, I'm excited for that, to be, be fair. Oh. Could be a final one, who knows? Oh, she's got years left in her. Um, <laughs> she, to be fair, that girl's playing some of the best rugby I've, I've seen her play. Like She's running circles around me at clubs. So, um, I'm not talking about Sarah Hunter. Uh, yeah, Tough t- t- no, start. Tough start. Uh, yes, look. Not shy away from it. It's it's the easily the toughest challenge we'll face. Um, but we have had this fixture as our first fixture for the last two seasons. Um, and what we've learned from that is that they will expose any weakness you may have. So you will learn very quickly <laughs> what you need to improve, and you can use that going into your next fixture and the one after that. So uh, no, look, it's a it's a massive challenge, but you know you want to challenge yourself against the best. Like that's why we train. You don't train to go and play someone that's you know. 10 seeds lower than you or whatever it is you want to play against the best and challenge yourself against the best see where you're at um, so why not do it first up and away from home at a packed out Kingston Park <laughs> Captain my captain Doc thank you so much for your time as ever go and have a, f- a thousand more selfies with me. <laughs> cheers Johnny 
I'm Donna Kennedy, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Podcast. Sadly, no word from France. One of those things, I'm afraid, got missed out on the launch. But we do hear from their opposition. Italy hosting France on Sunday, of course, at four o'clock. Friend of the pod, Giada Franco, with all her smiles and her hair, back playing now under a new coach, new fresh faces. Here's Giada. Welcome, friend of the pod, Giada Franco. Giada, how are you? Smiling away as ever. Um, are, are you well? Great to be back on the on the on the pitch. I'm sure. Yes. Thank you, Johnny. Really, really, really well. Uh, happy to be back playing in the Six Nation again. Uh, weather is sunny and hot here in Italy, so everything's good for a good weekend. Great stuff. Obviously, you, you, you mentioned the Six Nations and we're just off the back of, of a World Cup. There's an actual turning of the page and, and lots of coach movements and player movements and whatever across across the nations in, in, in this tournament. Italy's no different how weird is it not having Andrea around? Oh, really, really weird. It's, it's, it seems like we're missing something. <laughs> but yeah, nice to have new coach as well because, you know, obviously it's a, it's a news and like every news, it brings excitement. So weird, but good. Yeah, Andrea. Gian Domenico um, is, has left after many, many years. Um, Giovanni Ranieri, um, He's no relation to the football manager, is he? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I wanted to find that out. Um, what are your first impressions of uh, of him? What, what's he brought uh, in these early stages of his uh, his his tenure? So uh, I think it's really different from Andrea, obviously. But uh, the main thing I think is he brought like a bit uh, of more structure. So uh, he's a really precise. Uh, man and coach so you know uh with Andrea was like a bit more uh let the let the rugby goes and then you follow it uh in a meanwhile with with him is more like we have to control this this and this and then we let the 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 game go so it's like I think a bit more structure a bit more uh you know uh schemes to how we want to play so a little more of a, a sort of framework. Is that where you feel that possibly Italy yeah. have, have, have missed of late? Is that one of the sort of big things off the, the back of the World Cup and, and that's an area we, we need to improve on? Oh, definitely. We, we were like, uh, we always been like a, a team that uh, can play everything from everywhere. Uh, and that's like our sort of DNA that we want to maintain. But at the same time, I think in some areas we should have been more precise. And, and you know, sometimes it's just better not to take the risk of something and just go for the simple thing. So I think this will be, will help us definitely a lot. And it's not just coaches that, that have left, some some big players as well. Um, I think of Melissa yeah. Vittori, Manuela uh, Forlan. Uh, again, you know, when, when a big oak is is cut down, it, it makes room and sunlight for for smaller oaks. Um, who are some of those those new faces or, or or people that you're particularly looking forward to to playing alongside in this Six Nations that possibly some of our listeners might not know? 
So uh, we've got a hooker called Vittoria Bikini. She's uh, in, the, in our environment for a couple of years now. She's really, really young, but I really think she could be the new Melissa for us, or better, the new Victoria, but, you know, achieve what Melissa has achieved too. And I think she could, she can really bring some new energy, especially to the forwards back. So I'm looking forward to play with her with, you know, more than the last 20 minutes. So I'm really happy for her. And hopefully we will hear from from her really soon. Uh, the other one is obviously Victoria Stuni Minuzzi. Uh, she has played a little bit more, uh, even when, when Manuela was playing in the wing or she was playing in the wing and Manuela fullback. So she has a bit more of experience now. And um, I really think she's a superstar and we, she will, now that she has the responsibility, I think she will definitely, you know, perform well for us. Awesome. And France up first on, on, on Sunday in Parma. Um, yes. Is, is that a nice way to, to start? Or would you prefer to potentially play someone who traditionally finishes slightly further down the table? Oh, uh, I personally prefer a tough to start. So obviously we have, have France and then England the next weekend. And our, these are the two teams that will probably end at the top of the table. But, you know, playing France at home, we always, you know, bring something, can bring something. We, uh, we're going to go for, to win the game. We're not going to go, you know, pretending they're better than us. So they, they, will, they will have to prove if they are better than us here at home. And I prefer the start this way with the top two teams at the start. So it's kind of, you know, prepare yourself to the highest level and then all the other all the other games are slightly you know slightly less physical probably but you know the same intensity and you know it's, it's just for me it's just a better way to start nice yeah you you're you're getting yourself built up nicely in, the, in those first few games you say and then you've got Ireland and, and Wales at, at home yes what what had targets been been set by uh Giovanni the the new coach will you know, looking at what you did in, in the last year's Six Nations and, and previously in the World Cup, it, it's three wins, a bare minimum, for this Italian team now. Oh, we haven't said it, like, uh, properly. We haven't said to ourselves, oh, we want the three wins. But I think that's what we are aiming for. Obviously, as you said, we have a new coach, we have new uh, people coming in, we've got loads of different things going up so uh, I think it's fair enough for us not to say oh look we want these three wins or we want two wins or we want to win every game we're just focusing game by game you know so now it's France then we'll be England and then and then you go obviously at home uh, we've got three games at home and I think those three will we will have to perform in a good way and yeah uh Definitely, Ireland and Wales at home you know, will be our target. Obviously, just off the back of the men's Six Nations, under twenty six nations as well. You know, the, the men beating Australia, Wales last year. The under twenties performing incredibly well. 
not in terms of results in the Six Nations for the men's, but turning performances. How much do you feel a sort of a, a big part of what it feels like a sort of growing swell um, around Italian rugby? How much do you feel a part of that? Oh, really, really inspired. But just because I think when you win or when you uh, put good performances, uh, people will start to, you know, follow you, to follow rugby, to uh, get engaged with us, go to the stadium, buy tickets. You know, we're just going to want to grow our sports in Italy. It's, rugby is not our first sport, but that's what, what we want to. We want it to be. So, uh, unlucky for the boys. Uh, unlucky for the boys to not get the win. But, you know, if you have to compare them to the last seasons, They've been really, really good. Uh, you know, it's a shame because sometimes they could have won the games, but that's part of their process. I'm not going to, you know, put my word on it. I'm, I'm no one to say something to them. But I'm just happy to see them not smash the way and, you know, put in good performances because at the end of the day, if they win, we win. The under-20s boys did a, such an amazing Six Nation if we all win as a national team, we're going to grow our local rugby, we're going to grow our union, we're going to grow our sports. So uh, it's, it's definitely in our responsibility. And I really think, you know, we as a women team always gave something uh, extra to our union. And I'm just really proud and pleased if the boys do the same because, you know, we're just working in the same direction. Dana, I mean, we'll leave it there. I know you're bang on sort of your last final bits of preparation. Thank you so much for, for coming on. Can't wait to see the hair, the smiles, your physicality uh, back out there in the Six Nations. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Johnny. Well, it's incredible, isn't it? All countries in the Six Nations now have forms of contracts. Ireland are no different. Again, sadly, no word from them. That just wasn't able to happen for some bizarre reason this week. Uh, real, real shame for, for the girls and just trying to promote the team. But of course, we do have Hannah Jones, as we mentioned at the top, the Wales captain. Again, under new contracts for them, some new coaches in there, some returning faces. I caught up with the new Wales skipper, sole skipper, we should say, at the Six Nations launch. Uh, Wales captain Hannah Jones joining us now on the women's rugby pod. Fully contracted up and now, no hanger on us. You've got the captaincy all to yourself, Hannah. How's it feeling knowing that you are the leader of this women's Welsh team? Must be very proud. Yeah, it was a very proud moment when Ewan asked me. Um, very proud moment for my family as well. Um, just looking forward to start the Six Nations now. Today is really kicked in that it's around the corner, so looking forward to it. Speaking of today, how many selfies have you taken? Quite a few. I've made, <laughs> I made the, the Championship Cup out of uh, Play-Doh. Really? Yeah. And do you have to do paint anyone? Paint someone else's face or do an artist's impression of somebody else? Well, I have to make myself out of Play-Doh. So that was quite fun. Wow. Okay, we'll move uh, completely on from that. Look, World Cup, now the dust has settled, you'd probably be very, very pleased with that. So Welsh Rugby needs to take another step on, but there's some new contracts. Sean Connor's come in. Do you feel like that extra step is now being taken? Yeah, definitely. You know, going from 12 contracts to 25, 
uh, has been a brilliant step from us. Um, having all the girls in training, having that time is a massive factor for us. And just building from last year's Six Nations and, and the World Cup, really. Um, we created a lot of opportunities in the opposition 22. So just looking to convert those points, which will obviously lead to results. And looking at the squad, there's a couple of new faces in it, a couple of returnees. If our listeners are looking at Welsh rugby for, for the first time, who are the names that we should be looking out for? Yeah, we've got six uncapped new players. Um, you know, hopefully they'll get their opportunity. Um, someone who's uh, shining at the moment in training is Jenna, uh, centre, so she's looking really sharp. Devera. Yeah, Jenna Devera. Nice. Um, but nobody else in this place knows her <laughs> name, do they? <laughs> but uh, no, she's definitely one to look for for the future. If she doesn't get a chance this year now, she, she's one to look for. Are you so slightly fearful? Is she, a, is she a 12 rather than a 13? She's a 12. Oh, perfect. I'm, I'm okay. Right, no. You talk her up all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, she's good. And, and how's, um, how's Kate Williams settling in? Is she struggling with the, with the Welsh National Anthem? I'm not too sure yet. I'm going to have to actually ask her about that. Um, yeah, obviously she's come over and moved from New Zealand. Exciting stuff for her, exciting times. Um, definitely an opportunity to, to play there with the injuries we've had at the moment and uh, for her to stick her hand up and really put a, 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 name, a name to herself. Yeah, yeah. Last couple from, from me because it, it, it is a very, very long day for you. Uh, first game up uh, against Ireland. No better way to start the tournament, is there? Yeah, Celtic definitely. Celtic sisters? Yeah, 100%. You know, we want to start strong. Um, coming away with a win last year will give us a little bit of confidence but we just got to build on last year's performance and finally there's a lot of column inches and a lot of air time about Welsh rugby at the minute is there a sense of responsibility because you know, the trajectory for me looking from the outside of Welsh rugby is very much an upward, upward curve do you feel a sense of responsibility just to Try and win some of the public about that kind of stuff. Is, is that being spoken about at all? Do you think about it in personal moments? No, not really. Um, the game is definitely growing from where it's come from and it's just getting better and better. Um, so it's a really exciting time for women's sport. Brilliant. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you. I'm Emma Mitchell and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Bits news to get you up to date with Super Rugby, our picky finals at the weekend in Waikato as the Blues face off against the Hurricanes Pua for third place while Chiefs Manoa go head to head with Matatu for the goal. Should be a fascinating couple of games down in New Zealand. Over in Australia, Super W's kicked off this weekend. The New South Wales Waratahs have already got their campaign off to a flyer with a 43-0 win over Western Force. Defending champions, Fijiana Drua face Brumbies women in Nadia before the Melbourne Rebel women's go up against Queensland Red women's in Victoria. That's it. Huge, huge weekend, as we say. Just a reminder, uh, with the UK broadcast details, quarter past two on Saturday, Wales against Ireland on BBC Wales in the iPlayer. Then 4.45 for England against Scotland from Kingston Park, BBC Two and on the iPlayer. And then on Sunday at four o'clock, France travel to Italy on the iPlayer. couple of shout-outs just to finish with then. must just mention O2 and their partnership with the RFU. It's a brilliant partnership, isn't it? And O2 
every penny spent on a man, going to spend it on the women now. Uh, it really is one of those role model kind of partnerships. But uh, this week, those two have combined their partnership with the Women's Sports Trust with the aim of closing the awareness gap between the England men's team and the Red Roses. Grow the Red Roses fan base and increase attendance to women's rugby's games to fill Twickenham Stadium using data and what have you to, to do that. Over the last 10 years, I mean, here's a stat we heard at this uh, event. Women's Rugby Union viewing hours have gone from 156,000 in 2012 to 18.16 million in 2022. That's just a light increase of 11,605%. 11,605%. Well, I mean, we have been trying to tell you. And the final shout-out goes to Wallaroo's ringer Ivania Wong for scooping up the top gong for Super W Player of the Year for 2022. Remind you, our live show, Friday the 28th, ahead of that final weekend, the big France-England game at the Cabbage Patch in Twickenham. Keep an eye on our socials. Just leaves me to say a huge thank you to Tom and to Vicky behind the scenes doing their thing. Big thank you to the guests, Sarah Hunter, MBE. Enjoy every second. What what a servant. In fact, I must just say at the press conference announcing the England team this week. From several people in and around England and, and media and what have you, what are we going to do without her? And it's very, very rare in professional sport you hear that. So enjoy every second, Sunta. You will be sorely missed. Big thank you to Hannah Jones as well, to Rachel Malcolm, to Giada Franco. Good luck to all the players. Enjoy the viewing, whether on television or at the grounds. Happy round one of the Six Nations to you all. Be safe and be kind. Hold up. 